Please be seated. We'll be reading the second half of that First Chronicles text, starting with verse 10 and going on through verse 19. Then David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, for all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, for we should be able to make this free will offering? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are aliens and transients before you, as were all our ancestors. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you search the heart and take pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, Keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. Grant to my son Solomon that with single mind he may keep your commandments, your decrees, and your statutes, performing all of them, and that he may build the temple for which I have made provision. This is the word of God, for we are the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your grace and through your mercy, speak to our hearts this day. Help us to offer ourselves to you wholeheartedly. Amen. Last week, we spent some time talking about the tithe. A tithe is the first fruits of our income or the portion of our income that we give to God. Like a a farmer understands that the product of his harvest depends on rain and sun to bring it to maturity, so the Christian knows that all we have truly belongs to God. When we bring our tithe to God, we acknowledge God's ongoing faithfulness to us, and we surrender our trust to the one who is eternally trustworthy. While the tithe is seen as a requirement of our faith, offerings are what we give above and beyond our tithe. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew people had a complex system of offerings and sacrifices offered to God on the altar in the sanctuary. Each offering or sacrificial act had a different name, and they're all outlined in the book that I know y'all read all the time, Leviticus. Who read Leviticus this week? Oh, it's so weird. There's no hands. I did, actually. I read some Leviticus. I learned a lot, too. Just want to just want to point that out. I learned a lot by reading Leviticus, which kind of surprised me. Um, as scholars will explain, no single theory can encompass the sacrificial theory of any society. 
As such, we today, we, we peer in on a system of offering with a very different worldview from our own. It just isn't a part of our lives to kill an animal on an altar in order to return oneness with God. Because of the grace of Jesus Christ, our life of atonement is tied to prayer. It's tied to some behavioral changes rather than the act of killing and eating animals. But offerings were not only offered to make reparations for sin, but for a host of other needs and circumstances. In fact, even what we understand as a sin offering had less to do with cleansing one's own uh, personal morality and conscience and more to do with restoring one's purity in order to be admitted to the temple, as well as redemption for defiling a sacred space. In other words, it was sort of um, outside the self in a way. It was kind of like, God, if I have offended you, I'm sorry. (laughs) Offerings in the temple of God came in all shapes and sizes. Some were large and costly, while others were small and ordinary. The sacrificial system of offerings served as a way to symbolize the restoration of order back to daily life and also act as a means of giving thanks giving thanks to God, to symbolize that restoration of order. Like prayer, offerings were communication with God. In First Chronicles, we read that kind of long passage, this, that scripture. David is passing on his leadership and his throne to his son, Solomon. In this final speech, he announces that to support Solomon's leadership and newness to the task ahead, David is donating his wealth to the temple. His own treasure that he had acquired would now go into building God's dwelling place. David calls for an offering. As a leader, his example influences others to give as well. The leaders of the tribes of Israel and the military commanders, they start donating to the cause too. Verse 9 says, The people rejoiced at this response because they presented their offerings to the Lord willingly and wholeheartedly. David gives thanks to God in the second half of our lesson, calling those donations a free will offering. You've probably heard that phrase before. That is an offering that they gave because they desired to do so in their hearts. In line with David's gift, the leaders were also compelled to give. I think one of the best ways to explain what an offering is, is the money or the things which we are compelled to give. The offering is the money or the things that we are compelled to give. Now the word compelled might make us cringe a little bit, especially if we associate that word with guilt, right? Or maybe feeling forced to give. But being compelled isn't such a bad thing. To be compelled is to be moved to action by an urge to respond. When we are compelled, we are convinced that this is the direction or the choice that we must make. When we are compelled, we are driven toward a purpose, toward a goal. When we are compelled to give an offering, we might feel a sense of commitment to the cause for which the offering is being collected. Maybe we are compelled by a strong feeling about those who might benefit from the offering. In other words, we see a need and we want to fulfill it. 
Maybe if we are compelled to give, it is because we trust the person asking for the offering or the gift. For instance, if your close friend comes to you and asks you to give to maybe a fundraiser that they're doing or supporting, you'll be a lot more likely to share what you can. The First Chronicles text is a great example of what happens when one is compelled to give. First, the people saw the leader giving generously. Second, David articulated a need, and the need was to help Solomon, especially since Solomon was inexperienced and would need extra support. Third, the people gave freely. Yes, they were compelled, but at the end of the day, it was an offering that overflowed from their hearts. They wanted to give it. A few weeks ago, I was compelled to give to a family in need. We were gathered in the fellowship hall for a Wednesday night dinner. Now, on Wednesday nights here, those of you who come each week know that there is an abundance of need in the room. Almost everyone who's in there could benefit from some kind of windfall of cash or some kind of other assistance. Periodically, folks will draw me to the side and tell me their story and see if I might be able to direct them to some help, someone who can assist them further. This night, I was approached by a family of four. The parents had moved from out of town and were unable to stay with their relatives another night. Their story was one of difficulty, but they assured me that the job applications were in and that as soon as the monthly check came, they would be able to rent a place in Portsmouth. Staring at their six-week-old baby and knowing the love for my own child, I was compelled to find a way to get them shelter for the night. Without it, I knew that it would only be a matter of time until their children were placed with others. I headed down the street to the local motel, and because of your donations, because of your offering, I made a bold decision. (laughs) I paid for an entire week. You know, on the one hand, I was standing there thinking, oh, is this too much to spend, right? Is this too much to spend on one case in one moment in one place? And on the other hand, I thought, you know, it just doesn't make sense to pay for one night when you get a much better value if you pay for the whole week. So I ran the credit card, (laughs) holding my breath. Two weeks ago, that same family um, came to Wednesday night dinner with their faces beaming. They have an apartment nearby, and the husband had his work clothes on from the day. The family's together. The family's safe. The family is whole. They thanked me and hugged me profusely. Things had indeed worked out. Because of your offering to the relief fund to help those in need in our community, we were able to bridge a gap for a family of four. Because of an offering you gave freely from your hearts, children are secure and safe at home. Each week, We answer other calls for help with utilities, and we dip into these funds to ease the life of our neighbors. When we speak of offering, it is a gift that is above and beyond what you might typically give to your church. But you give because something compels you to do so. God's still small voice, the assurance of a trusted friend, your heart overflows and you give out of God's abundance to you. 
Several times in our Bible passage today, we read about God's abundance and God's sovereignty. God is the source of wealth and honor ruling over all. Everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. Everything comes from you. All this abundance comes from your hand. This perspective in the midst of an offering indicates that David's heart is in the right place. He sees an opportunity not only to honor God with his gift, but but at the core, all of it is God's anyway. His parting speech and gifts shore up Solomon's leadership and the people of God for the days ahead. What about you? How is offering present in your life? How are you responding to God with an overflowing heart? You might even ask yourself, what compels me to give? What moves me to give? What drives me to give an offering of money or time or things? Is it a commitment to your family? Is it a sense of justice for the poor? Is it a love for the church? Is it simply a love for God? Our understanding of offering and sacrifices has certainly changed from the days in the temple. Because of Christ, we are not asked to offer these to atone for our sins. We are, however, still invited to give. The offerings are still symbols of our relationship with God and point to the joy and the gratitude in our hearts. The free will offering we may give from time to time is just that. It's an overflowing from our hearts and a drive to respond to a need or a call. In our hymnal, um, number 588 shares those words from the First Chronicles text. And they read, All things come of thee, O Lord, and of these things we have given thee. Let these words be a guide to us when we consider sharing and offering. May our attention be on the one who has given so much to each of us, and may we be compelled to give in response. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.